listeners to the Overlook Podcast, which is one of the podcasts that is produced by Tunuka Media. I'm your host, Yemi, and every week I bring you Overlook stories from all over the world. The world is a vast and diverse place, so these stories will include the good, the bad, and the weird. Be sure to come back each week, share the podcast with your friends, and hit the magic subscribe button. To get regular updates on the show and what we're up to, connect with Tunuka Media on social media. Your support is priceless, so don't forget to give a like or a high rating wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, it's time for this week's episode. Hi! Welcome to the podcast, or welcome back if you have been here for a while. Our feature story this week discusses the upcoming sale of artifacts with Mexican origins and how Mexico is now trying to stop the auction from going ahead. We'll also discuss transparent wood. Yes, that's a thing. New remote medical services being offered from Karachi in Pakistan and Dr. Okonjo Unwela, whose path to becoming the new head of the World Trade Organization is now essentially clear. Before we jump in, here are a couple of quick announcements. First, Tunuka Media will be at the PodFest Global Summit. It's a virtual conference for podcasters and content creators from around the world to share and grow. It was really awesome when we attended last year for the first time. And this year, we actually have a discount code for $49 off any ticket. Just enter the promo code Tunuka Media at the top of the ticket selection page. It's going to be one word. And the link can be found through either the show notes or the link in our bio on our social media pages. Secondly, if you want to support the show, you can now do so by sending us virtual cups of coffee. We decided to go with the Buy Me A Coffee service. And through that, yeah, you can send coffee through the link in the bio from our social media pages. So that's it for the announcements. And let's get right into this week's show. Researchers from the University of Maryland in the United States have now developed transparent wood that has the potential to outperform glass that is currently used in construction in nearly every single way. They have successfully transformed ordinary sheets of wood into transparent material that is nearly as clear as glass, but stronger and with better insulating properties. Their findings were published in the Journal of Science Advances in a paper titled Solar-Assisted Fabrication of Large-Scale Patternable Transparent Wood. Transparent wood has been explored for years as an option for houses because wood is stronger than glass. I mean, however, it appears to have never reached commercial production because of the production process involved. Glass is currently the most common material used in window construction but it does come with a relatively high economic and ecological price. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, heat transfers easily through glass, especially if it's single-pane glass. Over time, this leads to higher energy bills when heat escapes during cold weather and pours in during the warm weather. The USDA also highlights that glass production in construction also comes with a heavy carbon footprint. Manufacturing emissions are approximately 25,000 metric tons every year. The earlier attempts to make transparent wood would have involved hazardous materials, high temperatures, and a lot of time. The process was expensive, and the end product was kind of brittle. 
However, the new technique is so cheap and so easy to carry out that it can be done in a backyard. To summarize, they essentially brushed a solution of hydrogen peroxide using an ordinary paintbrush on planks of wood, then left it under the sun for about an hour. This allowed the hydrogen peroxide to bleach the brown from the wood, turning it white, but leaving the critical properties intact. Once that was done, they then infused the wood with a tough, transparent epoxy that was designed for marine use. The epoxy filled the spaces and the pores of the wood and then hardened. For those who don't know, an epoxy is a versatile type of adhesive. Once applied to the white wood, the wood essentially just became transparent. Obviously, there's a lot of science behind it, and of course, I've linked the paper, but this is kind of a summarized, high-level, top-of-trees version. Interestingly, a lot of the articles that were used in the research for this story discussed the application of transparent wood in terms of building materials, you know, windows, uh, solar panels, and so forth. I was just wondering that it would be fantastic for cupboards and drawers. That way you can see all that's in there without even opening it up. So if you could pick an application for transparent wood, what would it be and why? Share on social media and then tag Tunica Media so we can see. Let's chat. This story includes some references to homicide. I don't go into a lot of detail, but if you would like to skip it, then skip ahead to the next story using the chapter marker in your podcast player. According to Amnesty International, which is an international rights advocacy group, an increasing number of people with albinism have been targeted or killed in Malawi in recent months. In the first two months of 2021 alone, there have been two clear attacks. In early February, two attackers tried to abduct a 12-year-old albino girl from her home. 26-year-old Saidi Dayton went missing and even after the arrest of three suspects who confessed to killing him, his body is still missing. These are just two of seven recorded attacks made against people with albinism in Malawi in the past four months. The number of reported crimes against people with albinism in Malawi is estimated at approximately 170 cases, including more than 20 murders since November 2014. As well as murder and attempted abduction, the graves of those who had albinism have also been targeted and desecrated. These incidents occur because some people believe that the ritualistic use of the parts of people with albinism can be used to bring good fortune. These beliefs, which are heavily influenced by superstition, are centuries old and are present in cultural attitudes and practices all over the world. However, it is most prevalent on the African continent. In the areas where these beliefs persist, they permeate all levels of society. Therefore, while the current report focuses on Malawi, unfortunately, this is not an issue that is exclusive to Malawi. Over the years, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, or UNCHR, has also reported on similar stories from Tanzania and the Democratic Republic of Congo. As defined by the UNCHR, Albinism itself is a rare, non-contagious, genetically inherited condition present at birth. In almost all types of albinism, both parents must carry the gene for it to be passed on, even if they do not have albinism themselves. 
The condition is found in both genders, regardless of ethnicity and in all countries of the world. Albinism manifests as a lack of pigmentation or melanin in the hair, skin, and eyes. This causes those with it to be vulnerable to the sun and bright light. And as a result, almost all people with albinism are visually impaired and are prone to developing skin cancers. Amnesty International is now calling on Malawian authorities to move swiftly to bring suspected perpetrators to justice. A new online health clinic based out of Karachi in Pakistan is now offering remote medical care to women and children in Yemen with the help of out-of-work Pakistani doctors from around the world. That's just awesome. In just over one week of operation, the free service has reportedly benefited more than 200 people. The services are available for free, but at the Maternal and Child Telecenter, or MCT, which is a healthcare facility in the Abayan Governorate of Yemen. At the facility, a coordinator who is fluent in Arabic and English connects the patients with a teleclinic in Karachi, where doctors from across Pakistan and 15 other countries, including Saudi Arabia, Oman, Qatar, Canada, and the UAE, provide online consultations and treatment. The MCT was established on January 27th by the Educast Society, which is a non-profit wing of Educast launched by Saudi Arabia and Pakistan in 2016. Beyond Abiyan, Educast has plans to set up similar centers in Marib and the Hazaru Maut areas of Yemen. The World Logistics Passport, or WLP, has now announced that India, Indonesia, and South Africa have joined the program. WLP is a major policy initiative established to increase trading opportunities between emerging markets. They will now join Colombia, Senegal, Kazakhstan, Brazil, Uruguay, and UAE in the Club of Trading Nations that are sharing their expertise on how to smoothing trade flows, improve existing trading routes, and develop new routes across the globe. The benefits are aimed at both local and foreign producers. Specifically, the WLP process is to work with partners to identify pain points in the trade and logistics journey, and then finding and implementing benefits to fix them. Local manufacturers and businesses will be able to benefit from quicker processes, less documentation, and less costs when exporting from the country. According to Ventures Africa, an example of one of the many benefits of the program is the cargo journey from Jakarta in Indonesia to Johannesburg in South Africa. Transporting high-value, low-weight goods through historically established transport routes in Europe takes considerably longer and is therefore more expensive. Compared to if the goods pass through Dubai, through WLP, traders can now expect to save 25% on freight costs and 10% on transit time moving goods from Indonesia to South Africa. The Mexican government is protesting an auction of archaeological artifacts in France that it believes may rightfully belong to Mexico. 
the auction of 39 Mesoamerican and Andean works from what has been described as a notable European collection is currently scheduled for February 9, 2021. The items are being auctioned off by Christie's. Among the lots, referred to collectively as the Feathered Serpent, or more appropriately, Quetzalcatl. My pronunciation is really bad, so I'm going to spell it. Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L-C-O-A-T-L because I absolutely know I butchered that pronunciation and when I asked Google, it sounded even worse. Anyway, among that collection are 33 pieces that likely originated from Mexico. The other pieces appear to originate from Chile and Ecuador. Some notable pieces include an 87-centimeter figure of facility goddess Chatzial, which originated in El Zapotal, Veracruz, and has a price guide of 600,000 to 900,000 euros, or 721,000 to 1.08 million US dollars, and a Teotihuacan serpentine mask, which is valued at 350,000 to 550,000 euros, or 420,000 to 661,000 US dollars. Christie's said on its website that the masks date from about 450 to 650 AD and was part of the collection of Pierre Matisse, the youngest son of a famous painter, Henry Matisse, for over 50 years. Daniel Salinas Cordova, a Mexican historian and archaeologist who lives in Germany, is a noted critic of the sale of the Mexican artifacts abroad. He also appears to be the first one to have raised the alarm around this particular sale. Among other things, he notes on his blog that the timing and circumstances under which the pieces left their places of origin remains unclear. The director of the National Institute of Anthropology and History, INAH, Diego Prieto Hernandez, said that while France generally assumes that items put up for sale by auction houses have been acquired in good faith and generally doesn't question their origin, Mexico demands that they have an honest and legitimate origin. So the Mexican government is now trying to stop the auction from going ahead. Unfortunately, this is not the first auction related to Asian cultures being sold outside their place of origin where the circumstances under which they were acquired are considered murky at best. For example, in 2019, Mexico failed in its efforts to stop another French auction house from selling about 120 pre-Hispanic artifacts. In the same year, Egypt accused Christie's of violating international treaties and conventions by selling almost two dozen Egyptian artifacts in London. According to the U.S. National Ice Center, USNIC, the world's largest iceberg has shattered into a dozen pieces. With this, thousands of penguins can breathe a sigh of relief. I'll explain why shortly. On July 12, 2017, an iceberg named A68A broke off northern Antarctica's Larsen Sea Ice Shelf and has been steadily drifting north ever since. While the berg initially measured more than 2,300 square miles or 6,000 square kilometers, it also began losing large chunks of ice starting in April 2020. 
Last week, this gigantic raft of ice split down the middle while drifting through relatively warm waters near the British Overseas Territory of South Georgia Island, which is a remote British Overseas Territory about 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers north of Antarctica. Oh yeah, the penguins. Let's not forget the penguins. So, scientists had been afraid that based on the iceberg's path, it would have smashed into the seafloor near South Georgia. Potentially, it would have crushed some of the island's seal penguins, and whale residents, and then cut off foraging routes for the survivors. But, given the current split, the threat of collision is much less likely. Dr. Ngozi Okonjo-Nwela, an economist and former finance minister of Nigeria, is on a clear path to becoming the next head of the World Trade Organization, or WTO, Okay, so she's breaking so many boundaries. She's going to be the first woman, the first black person, and the first African national to lead the organization. That is so cool. I'm so excited. The Biden administration in the United States announced support for her candidacy last week, contrary to the Trump administration. In a statement, the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative said, Dr. Okonjo Umwela is widely respected for her effective leadership and has proven experience managing a large international organization with diverse membership. Last week, South Korea's candidate Yoo Myung-hee, the current South Korean Minister of Trade, pulled out of the race for the job. The Biden administration also acknowledged in the same statement that I referenced a few moments ago that it is particularly important to underscore that two highly qualified women made it to the final round of consideration for the position of WTO Director General. The first time that any woman has made it to this stage in the history of the organization. Dr. Okonjo Nwela enjoyed broad support from members of all levels of development, including China, the European Union, and Japan. She served twice as Nigeria's finance minister and also served one term as the Minister of Foreign Affairs, where she was the first woman to hold both positions. She also spent 25 years at the World Bank as a development economist, rising to the number two position of managing director. She is also the chairwoman of the Center for Global Development. Despite Minister Yu's decision to drop out of the race, Dr. okonjo Nwela's leadership will not be confirmed until all 164 members give it their formal blessing. However, with no alternative candidates, that step is broadly considered to be a formality. The process for selecting a new Director General was triggered on the 14th of May 2020 when former Director General Mr. Azvedo informed WTO members that he would be stepping down from his post one year before the expiry of his mandate. He subsequently left office on the 31st of August. If you listen to my interview on Career Crossroads podcast, hosted by Jonathan Colton, you'll already know I admire Dr. Okonjo Nwela. She's amazing. And barring any human faults, she's essentially my idea of a real-life superhero. Among many, many accolades, Dr. Okonjo Nwela has been listed as one of Transparency's International 8 Female Anti-Corruption Fighters Who Inspire one of the 50 greatest world leaders, 
the top 100 most influential people in the world, the top 100 global thinkers, the top 100 most powerful women in the world, and one of the top three most powerful women in Africa. I could go on and on. Trust me, I can. But needless to say, I have been following the story actively and could not stop smiling when I read that she was essentially Claire to lead the organization. Representation matters. For me, it goes further than her being black or woman. She's a Nigerian-born economist, just like me. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Don't forget to click the link in our social media bio to join us at PodFest Global or to send caffeine our way. As you go into your week, remember a little kindness goes a long way. Catch you all on the next one. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in every week for a new episode. Overlooked is a Tunica Media production, which also includes shows like Africa in My Kitchen with more on the way. So follow Tunica Media on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to be in the loop. Until next time, have yourself a great week ahead.